we got a couple of huge shows for the weekend. Today we're going to hear from Keith Tuma, outstanding bass angler in the Brainerd Lakes area. And we have our Lake of the Week, plus the latest adventures of Mandy. It's all coming up. I got my fishing pole, keys, tackle box in my hand. Going to cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Because the fish is all tremble at the thought of me. Welcome to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. We have a great show today. We got our Lake of the Week later on, and we're going to hear from Mandy Urich. But first, a really good bass angler out of the Brainerd Lakes area. It's Keith Tuma. He's definitely a bass angler extraordinaire. Keith, it's great to have you back on the show. Good morning, Kev. Thank you very much for having me back. It's a true pleasure to always speak with you and catch up uh, with what's happening here in the Brainerd Lakes area and across the country. Well, we'll start with around the country because I know you had a couple more tournaments since we last talked. When we last talked, you were coming off your first uh, Bassmaster Open victory, and uh, you've had a couple tournaments since then. Uh, Get us caught up with what's been going on. Well, there was another Southern Open uh, in uh, Dandridge, Tennessee on Douglas Lake, and they're 225 boat field, so it was a full field. Uh, beautiful area, beautiful country. Um, you're in the heart of the Smoky Mountains. Uh, so you wake up, get out on the lake every morning for practice, and wow, just the scenery. Uh, and it was a, it was spring down there, so I've I've had a couple springs this year, which is pretty okay. But <laughs> anyway, um, the tournament for me didn't turn out as as I had hoped, but uh, I learned a ton. I think out of the 225, I came in 129th, but only seven pounds out of 10th place. So oh, wow. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty darn close. So <laughs> the weights were really, really, really tight. Um, ounces it mattered big time. Um, execution uh, down there, I had some fails. Uh, two, two missed fish that I saw, they came off right next to the boat. Uh, Would have certainly helped me out a ton. And then I set the hook on two fish and broke line, one each day for both. And uh, probably would have helped on those as well. But I had a great time, competed, uh, got back home safe, and uh, yeah, it was just it was a, a very educational uh, opportunity or server or whatever the heck I'm trying to say here. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it was educational. It was worth the price of admission. How's that? Gotcha, gotcha. Tell us a little bit about the lake and 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 what kind of waters you were looking at there. Okay, um, it's a lot of bluff walls um, and and long rocky uh, sandy points, um, islands everywhere. Uh, it's a it's a reservoir, so it's it's super du- super deep. Um, and the Pigeon Forge River runs right through it, um, so it's 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 clear water. Um, <laughs> it was really neat. It's 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 unlike anything that we fish around here. Um, they were pulling water uh, called sluicing, uh, which means they were running the water underneath the dam, which is a term that I had just learned about. But uh, they dropped, we practiced, or I, I practiced for probably 10 days prior to the tournament. From when I started the lake level to, to, to the tournament day, the lake level had dropped a little over 10 feet. And <laughs> areas that I was finding uh, the first couple days of practice were high and dry, when uh when tournament days rolled around so i the the adjustments that i made was just to move out on the cover that would have been deeper that the fish didn't want to be in when it was when the water was higher and they were still there i mean there was we were catching fish 
con- constantly, I, I would say, or consistently throughout the days. Um, but yeah, just that, that whole water level dropping like that kind of really threw me for a loop for a little bit, but then you get acclimated, you know? Yeah. Okay. And, and then you fished uh, one a little bit closer to home, uh, an area that maybe more of us might be able to experience at some point. Correct. It was still a low water situation and it was falling as well, but not as drastic. Uh, we were out of, uh, it was a Minnesota Bass Nation tournament, first one of the year, um, out of Red Wing, Minnesota on Mississippi River Pool 4, and then they opened it up to 5 as well. Um, heck of a run all the way down there. We did not go into my partner uh, for that one at the team trail, uh, Andy Walls. Um, he and I, we ran about 40 miles to the southern part of uh, Pool 4 and put together a winning bag of smallmouth. Uh, we had five fish for 17.86 pounds, and, uh, yeah, took the home took home the W. All right. Pretty cool. Yes, sir. Well, you know, to me, uh, I don't hear much about bass fishing on a river, so that's kind of a unique uh, aspect, but obviously uh, there's plenty of bass down there in that part of the Mississippi. There's all kinds of bass. Um, with the with the low water this spring, um, it kind of took some of the backwaters out of, uh, out of play. Uh, the pike were in there thick. I mean, they couldn't get in skinny enough water for some reason. Uh, there was bass mixed in with them a little bit, largemouth anyway, um, it just it wasn't the bite that we were looking so we stuck to main current breaks main river channel current breaks stuff like that and we tarted smallmouth uh we were catching them in all three stages pre-spawn post-spawn and they were sitting on beds some of them and uh yeah it was just a fun time it was uh it was a really good tournament we are so used to being in the in the middle of all these lakes and we're so lake oriented a lot of times i we forget about uh, river fishing and how good it can be. I think you, you've got a, a little wider patch of the Mississippi down your way in the Brainerd area, so maybe there's a little more done there. But we don't do much river fishing up here. The rivers are extremely fun. The fish, they they get in that current. And, man, it feels like you've got one. If you're catching two- and three-pound fish, they feel double the size when they, they turn sideways and they get in that current. It's uh it's fun. Um, it seems like they are more aggressive too with their feeding behaviors. Like they're extremely opportunistic at times. Um, there's definitely times where it can be a struggle and, and they're, they're really finicky. But, uh, for the most part, the river fish are super aggressive in my opinion and, uh, just a, just a real, real joy to fish for and catch. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, and and there's walleyes. I mean, there's no. I mean, pretty much every fish True. species is in the river too. In fact, walleyes there are is. generally a river fish. They they enjoy current and uh, gravelly, sandy bottoms, and they actually enjoy uh, grass cover from time to time too. If you want to talk some some of the walleye lake stuff that's going on right now. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. But I know that you've been out fishing in the Brainerd Lakes area. Let's start with the bass, since that uh, that's your specialty. What have you been seeing in the spring bass bite so far in Brainerd Lakes? Oh boy, without giving too terribly much away, I know um, the bass are in uh, they're in all three stages right now. Actually, uh, water temperatures on some of the, on the lakes around here are anywhere from low 60s, 61, 62 degrees, all the way up to, I think I've seen a high of 66, 67 degrees. Uh, this, obviously, the warm weather is, is helping them bring the temperatures up, surface temperatures anyway, at the lake, which will transmit down throughout the water column. But uh, the majority of the bass that I'm seeing are in that uh, anywhere from a foot deep or, lower, or shallower 
out to that seven eight foot range. Uh, they're in they're in all all three stages around here too. Um, I wouldn't say the vast majority are are spawning right now, but there's a good group of fish, a good wave of fish that are up. I would say the vast majority are post spawn, and then there's also some pre spawners still coming up um, that'll probably hit the banks with the with the next moon phase coming. Uh, but any kind of moving bait, uh, a senko, <laughs> stick bait, soft plastic stick bait, uh, they're eating jigs too on, uh, on some of the weed lines as well. And then, of course, if you're throwing a reaction bait or a moving bait of some sort, um, whether it be a crankbait, spinner bait, chatter bait, uh, anything along those lines, um, you're going to catch a whole variety. There's, there's northern pike out in the, in the grass. There's walleye, um, bass. Yeah. There's, well, rock bass are biting pretty good too, I guess. If you want to talk about those, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just a, it's just a, it's a great time to be on the water. Um, you know, just get out, have fun, fish your strengths, fish what you want to do. Uh, crappies and sunnies are up like crazy. Um, they're, they're, yeah, everything's. It's kind of with the ones, with the exception of the ones that are in the funk right now, the the kind of the post spawn fish that are just cruising around, all lethargic, kind of waiting to get back out onto their their main summer haunts and put the feed bag on. Um, everything else is pretty much chewing, so it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of kind of a great time. So if you were going to go out fishing, just do kind of a general thing, maybe throw some for some bass for a while, go after some walleye for a while, go after some panfish. Um, what, what would you put in your boat? What should we be using? Oh my goodness. Well, panfish is going to be, if you can find some wax worms, that'd be great because it makes it super easy. Um, some little itty bitty leeches would be fun on a flip bobber or just the regular old puddle jumper. If you're into, you know, plastic baits and stuff like that on a little jig head, um, bass, uh, <laughs> I kind of covered that anything moving, um, a soft stick bait, uh, Texas rig, plastic of whatever choice or a jig. Um, they're, you're going to, when you run across them, they're, they're eating, um, Northern Pike are going to eat the same thing that the half are and, <laughs> and so are the dang walleye. They're eating, uh, they're eating the, the moving baits as well. The, uh, spinner baits and the, and the bladed jigs or the chatter baits. Um, it, it's just, everything kind of seems to be in that same well, I'm not going to say foot to, to eight feet, but the, yeah. the majority of the fish that aren't on the bank spawning are in that four to eight foot range, and they're 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 kind of feeding. So, I mean, walleye, pike, bass, um, crappies are probably going to be moving back out there um, after their their spawn time. So, yeah, just uh, oh, and there's there's lots of dogfish cruising around too. Those are fun to catch. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. They put up a heck of a fight, especially when they start doing the roll and whatnot. <laughs> I've not uh, experienced that myself, but uh, there's a couple guys here that that's what they love to do. They're just rough fish anglers, angling specialists. They love stuff like that. They put up a heck of a battle. Oh yeah. Um, only the only downfall to them, the, the they've got super hard mouths and they're they're kind of tough on tackle uh, with their teeth as well. Um, so I mean, you're going to get one or two fish per bait, but. <laughs> it's, <laughs> If you're if you're after something that's going to fight like no other, um, that that would uh, definitely be the species to go after. <laughs> but it's costly when it comes to bait. Keith Tuma joining me today. We got a lot more to cover with Keith later on in the show. But up next, it's the leg of the week, and we'll check in with Mandy. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. 
You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country's Lake of the Week. It is Lake of the Weekday, and we are headed uh, into the scenic highway. Uh, up towards Black Duck, and we're going to check out Gilstead Lake today. We have Andy Thompson, the acting Bemidji Area Fisheries Supervisor, joining me. Andy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So, Gilstead Lake is one of those cool lakes in the uh, on the off the scenic highway in the Chippewa National Forest. Very quiet lake. Uh, I have fished it a number of times with my kids on the pier. I haven't been on it on a boat, but. Um, that's a great lake to go if you want action. There's a lot of panfish in that lake. Yeah, it's really mostly known as a as a uh, sunfish and crappie lake, panfish lake, and that pier was put there, you know, for that purpose, along with some at one time some uh, some cribs, uh, you know, fish fish holding structures in into the lake by the Forest Service. And it's a Forest Service access, and the and the pier was placed there by them as well. So this is a lake that um, you know if you if you only get on the pier, you you miss a lot of it because there's a there's you know it's not the biggest lake in the world, but it's still 256 acres. Um, there's you know a little Gilstead Lake you can access to up on the northeast end, um, and uh, a, a bigger main basin, and it looks like there's there's a few different kinds of fish in there. Yeah, it's uh, it's got some deep water, which is uh, you know keeps those water temperatures down a little bit, and uh, it's it's never really been a destination walleye fishery, but it does have a long history of walleye stocking, and I think it gets a little bit of use uh, for that purpose. There's there's a presence of walleyes, and usually they're pretty nice, uh, some nice sized fish in there, and it does have a, a history of having a nice pike population, a fairly low density, uh, but some nice-sized fish as well. And uh, there's also some pretty nice bass in that lake. Yeah, it looks like it. I was uh, just looking at the uh, survey, and this was done in 2016. Plenty of bass, and again, good average size of them as well. Yeah, it had an average of about 17 inches, which is a pretty good average size. This is, uh, again, a lake in the uh, Chippewa National Forest, so uh, it's a lake that fairly undisturbed there might be a house or two on it not many uh, but if you're looking for one of those places to get out of the way where it's nice and quiet where you're going to see a lot of wildlife and a lot of loons and ducks and turtles and that type of thing that's a great option yeah it's perfect for that it'd be a good lake just to paddle on too because it's fairly sheltered from the wind and uh, if you just want a kayak or canoe it's it's perfect place to do that it's one of a, a number of lakes off the scenic highway that that have those kinds of options. There's um, there's some bigger ones that that have resorts and things, but there's a lot of those nice, fun, quiet lakes uh, to choose from. Benjamin uh, um, Gilstead's just one of them. Yeah, it sure is. So, if we're uh, wanting to get there, what's the best way to do it? Well, uh, coming from I guess it'd be from the north, from Black Duck. That's that's kind of the nearest. Uh, well-known point uh, population center. You go south on the, the scenic highway, which is number 39, about five miles, and then it's uh, Cedar Point Road takes off to the kind of the northeast um, from from the scenic highway. And that, that road just kind of dead ends at the, at the access on the southeast 
corner of the of the lake. And the access is at the exact same spot where you're going to find the uh, fishing pier. Right, the fishing pier is right there, so you can you can just drive to that place without a boat and still still have a pretty good place to fish. Absolutely, and you know the uh, the the cool thing about taking the scenic highway is it is it is scenic and uh, it's a very it's a very pretty area. It uh, kind of encompasses what a lot of people love about uh, living up in Paul Bunyan country. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's on the edge of the Chippewa. There. It's uh it's the beginning of a pretty pretty vast expanse of uh, some nice national forest land. Do you have any? Uh, have you done any studies to determine how much pressure that lake actually gets? We have not. Um, I don't think it gets much. Um, probably some local pressure at you know certain times of the year, but uh, the times I've been there has been been uh, nobody else there. I, I got to say, you know, one of the things that intimidates a lot of people about fishing is this: they they, they see dollar signs in their eyes when they think I got to get a boat and I got to get this and I got to get that. You don't need a boat for this one. You really will have just a very enjoyable time if you just come up to the pier, you cast in with a basic rod and reel. Uh, you'll catch plenty of sunfish. Kids will have a lot of fun. Some of them will even be keepers. Yep, yep, and good good chance at some crappies, too, at the right time of the year off of that pier. Um, it's on, on the edge of some deeper water that you can reach. Um, so it's there's definitely some, in the you know, early in the year you could – tie into a nice pike or a bass right there too and it's not our lake of the week but it's in the same general area if you're if you're out there and you you know you're looking for a little variety too you can head on over to benjamin where you'll have the opportunity to catch some trout in that one and that one also has a nice uh you know uh, a nice beach where you can go swimming too if uh, if the kids are getting a little antsy yep yep and it also has a fishing pier that yes it's got it's got that too so a um, couple of good options there and they're what within about Two, three miles of each yeah, other? Just a, just a few miles of each other. All right. And again, the Scenic Highway, if you know where that is, that's what you want to be on, and then look for the signs. That's probably the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. All right. It is Gilstead Lake. It is our Lake of the Week. It's a gem. I've uh, taken my kids there a number of times. In fact, I took uh, Sebastian, my grandson, there last summer. We had a lot of fun there, too. So check it out. It's our Lake of the Week. Andy Thompson, the Acting Bemidji Area Fisheries Supervisor with the details. Andy, thanks for your time. Yeah, you're welcome, Kev. Thank you. Hey, time to check in with outdoor superstar Mandy Yurick. Mandy, welcome back. Hey, Kev. Great to be back. So I, uh, I interrupted your hard work this morning, and I apologize for that. She was shooting a video right when I called, and uh, they said, Whose phone is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's my fault. You'd think after 20 years of, of doing this, uh, I, I, that's honestly the first time that I've, I've ever done that. I left my phone on, and... Yeah, it was epic. The very last shot that we were doing for the commercials. I mean, the last few minutes and the phone starts ringing, I was just like mortified. But <laughs> it's fine. We got through it. We got the shot done. Commercial said and done. So, <laughs> hey, um, people listening are, you know, there's, I, I know there's a lot of people in the outdoor world who say, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could have a show and I could, you know, do commercials. And how do you, how does that work? How do you make that happen? Besides being superstar, hard work. <laughs> being flexible, you know, it's just a lot of time uh, total in the industry. You know, it's been almost well twenty years for me, and being diversified, you know, multi-species angler, hunting and fishing, and um, doing what I do, it's it's it really sometimes is who you know. <laughs> um, so over the years, obviously, I've got to work with multiple different entities, and 
it's cool that, you know, every once in a while they'll give me a shout out and be like, hey, are you available to do this? And what I like to do is always say yes. I make it happen. <laughs> well, I think the, the other key that, that you didn't mention, but from my perspective as somebody who's been doing interviews and, and bringing people on the air for years and years and years, you really gravitate towards people who can communicate. You know, you've got to be able to find a way to communicate what you're trying to say in an entertaining manner. Uh, I've had a lot of guys, I've had them on, and it's like, yep, nope. It's like, <laughs> well, that's the last time you'll be on the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I totally understand. You know, and that's the thing. Like, we have so many phenomenal outdoor people, but it, it's, a, it's a skill. It really is, and it's a skill that you hone in and continues to get better. That, you know, ability to be able to communicate clearly and to express, you know, the joy and the happiness that it brings you when you're doing those items. Yeah, that's, that's the other key. An enthusiastic person who is thrilled to, to take uh, 10 minutes and talk to you about fishing or hunting is is really valuable from my perspective. So uh, you keep doing that, Mandy. Uh, I'll keep calling you. Awesome. Well, I can tell you today it's going to be like the best 10 minutes of all today. Oh, well, okay. We have weird weather, though, right now. Um, what do you think that's going to mean for fishing in the next few days? <sighs> Obviously, anytime when you have a cold front move through, um, there's a huge swing in temperature. There's a swing in barometric pressure. Um, and when it is so sudden like this, they're going to, I wouldn't say shut down, but a good rule of thumb when cold fronts hit is to slow down. Uh, no matter what species that you're fishing for, uh, you need to really slow down your presentation. Um, just because there again, most fish, you know, like bass, things like that, the, the water temp's going to drop. Um, there's going to be some other issues going on, obviously, with, with these cold fronts and with the rain and the overcast, like, forage is going to change. Um, yeah, slow down the presentation. Um, I would even go to a, a smaller bait, honestly. Like, whatever you're, whatever you're throwing, if, if you're pulling wraps or throwing cranks or throwing chatter baits uh, or throwing plastics, just slow down and find cover. So bass in particular, um, it's like when it's cold out in the winter, right? What do you want to do? I want to sit in my lazy chair in front of the fireplace and be, you know, cozy. They're doing the same thing, right? Like the weather got nasty. They're kind of hunkering down. Um, but with that being said, when the skies are overcast, we've got rain and we've got wind. The major portion to that is what's happening with the light. So the light isn't penetrating as far down into that water column as it normally would on a calm, sunny day. So with that being said, they are, those fish are on the, on the roll, right? They're going to be sitting higher in the water column, um, and they're going to be spread out. They're going to be spread out across shallow flats, inside weed lines, things like that, because they're not dealing with, with the sunlight issues. Um, and they feel kind of, kind of like they're, they're protected, right? Like if they can't see up and out, then it's kind of like free willy time. Like they're all over the place. They're on the roam, but slow down, definitely uh, smaller bait. So what do you like to be throwing out uh, this time of year? <laughs> Normally this time of year, we don't have a cold snap where it drops, <laughs> you know, 30 degrees from one day to the next. Uh, you know, I was on the water last night and, it was windy. I, that's one of my top three windiest days when it's 35 plus. Mm. And um, 
yeah, it was insane. Like, I was throwing a lot of chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, um, rattle traps for bass, and those bass were definitely kind of like what's, what's happening now. Like, I had to already go into that slow retrieve mode, right, because the cold front's already pushing in. Uh, slow down the retrieve, even the smaller size baits that I was using. But, like, if I'm going to go you know, walleye fishing right now, I'm going to go grab a slip bobber and a leech. <laughs> and you're probably going to catch everything underneath the sun for it. Um, but also, uh, we've got moon phase going on right now. So last night was the full moon, which the wind did finally calm down. So anybody who was lucky enough to like sneak out last night with that big, beautiful full moon for, for walleye fishing, uh, you know, trolling or throwing cranks, shallow, shallow, shallow. So you can still get out and do it there again, you know, slow it down, downsize those baits, get out and catch some fish. What are you going to be fishing for this weekend? Uh, a little bit of everything, actually. I'm taking off um, out of Brainerd Lakes area. I'm heading up to Cass. And Cass Lake is an, another phenomenal multi-species lake. Like, it's got everything good in there. So I haven't been on there yet this year, so I don't know what the water temps are going to be. But the cool part about Cass, it's kind of like, Gull Lake or the Whitefish Chain. So it's got so many different bodies of water attached to it that you can have super warm water to, you know, colder temps on those main bodies, but you've also got the river there that it's attached to. So I'm literally throwing every rod that I have in there and hopefully I'm going to try for some sunnies, bass, walleye, and pike. Well, they got them all. That's a fact. They do got, and they got big ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the bite there has been, uh, I guess, pretty decent. I mean, we we know that uh, with cast, the wind is exceedingly helpful and clouds are exceedingly helpful. That water is incredibly clear. But, gosh, it's just loaded, and it's all natural. That's the other thing. It's all natural reproduction. It's amazing. Oh, it's a, it's a gorgeous lake. I'm, I fished it way back in the day when I still lived in North Dakota. <laughs> and then in moving here, you know, and it was it was a weird trend for me to have to switch modes out there because I always went there to fish walleye. And now, like, having fished it for multiple years on the bass side for bass tournaments, it's like I, I discovered all these new areas that might not be conducive for walleye fishing, but they're <laughs> epically awesome for bass and, like, giant crappie and giant sunfish. So... Yeah, I'm excited. To, as much as I love the Brainerd Lakes area, I'm excited to get out and uh, go play on another body of water for the weekend. Well, all right. Besides this weekend, what's uh, next in Mandy's Excellent Adventures? <laughs> uh, Starting next week, uh, just more filming. Me and Ray are going to be pumping out some shows for our TV show uh, directly after that. Then I go in for the Lund catalog, and we've got commercial shoots for one boat and then it's getting ready for derby season like it's it's already starting and i, I got to put some time on the water pre-fishing for some bigger tournaments coming up okay well you know this weekend if people are going out there i think what you were talking about earlier is just really the key um be flexible be willing to go for multiple species and uh and and bring a lot of everything absolutely and dress warm i mean granted the temp's supposed to come back up on Sunday and Monday. You know, it's, it's starting to look a lot nicer. They're getting stable weather patterns, even if it's stably cold or stably warm, um, are, are going to affect it. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with the, the epic cold front, how much that really affects the water temperature. And honestly, 
were anywhere from 58 to 72, uh, depending what water body you're on. Um, the wind is going to help cool down that the temps on the lake, but I really don't think that they're they're going to drop drastically. But dress warm and bring lots of snacks, and yeah, throw everything you got in the boat. <laughs> All right, one final question: Did you get the Jake? No, I didn't want to shoot the jigs. I've, the triplets have been running around like crazy, and this Tom is driving me insane. So the, oh, the one town. morning that I didn't go out, um, because it was supposed to rain, right? Like, the weatherman's been wrong for two and a half weeks straight. Oh, he was right about the wind, though, yesterday. <laughs> um, I didn't go. So I'm working away uh, at my normal job, and I get a text message, and it's, from the neighbor across the property that I'm hunting, and down his driveway comes the big Tom with two hens. <laughs> and I'm just like, I cannot win. I literally cannot win. And now it's like, you know, it's going to rain. It's going to be cruddy. I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to sneak out a little bit today and, and see if I can get on them. The, the journey continues. <laughs> <laughs> the journey continues. Well, Maddie, great talking to you again this week. Um, I'm going to have to check in next week and see if you got the Tom or not. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Mandy. Have a great weekend. You too. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Checking back in now with Keith Tuma from the Brainerd Lakes area. With the uh, strange weather we had, early ice out, but then cold, but then really, really warm. Uh, would you say the fish are where they typically are this time of year? Or are they a little ahead of the game or behind the game? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, I would say that there was definitely a, a super early wave of fish that came up to uh, to spawn and, and to get uh, get their, their, their natural business done. Um, there's, there's still going to be some that are trailing behind. Um, so I, would, I, I guess to sum it up quick, without going into a whole lot of detail that I don't know a ton about because I'm not that great of a biologist, <laughs> I would say that we're a little bit ahead of things. Um, even this, you know, despite the the cooler weather that kind of set it, that seemed to set things back. Um, I think I think we're just a little bit ahead of the game this year. Uh, the other thing that's kind of helped with that is the low water conditions. Usually, when it's rainy spring and higher water, the the temperatures get affected a lot more with that water runoff and all that stuff. So, just my opinion, I guess it just seems to stand reason. I don't know. Dang it, dude, you're asking good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a curious guy. What can I tell you? Well, you should put it to, you should put it to work and get out of the office more and, and get some time on the water and see if, it's, uh, if it holds true or if we're just all kind of blowing hot air here. Well, I, I think I'm going to have to subscribe to your blog. I like that. I like the way you think. Um, right. On. <laughs> so, Keith, I know you know, I never ask an angler to reveal their absolute favorite super secret spot, but... Uh, taking a look at the Brainerd Lakes area, give us some examples of some pretty decent lakes where we can get out there, and if we're bringing the kids, we're going to have the option to try whatever's hot at the time. There's going to be some bass, there's going to be panfish, there's going to be walleyes and northerns. Well, what are some good lakes that are going to give us that variety and, and some good action for the kids? Oh, my goodness. The easiest thing to do would be to pin a map on a wall of the Brainerd Lakes area or heck any of Minnesota, take a dart, throw it at the map, and whatever it hits, that's going to be your lake for the day. Okay. And yeah. it's going to be phenomenal. Um, 
I don't have any one specific super favorite lake. They're all they're all good in their own little ways. And then when you go to that lake, if you if you're unfamiliar with it, the the neat part about it is to be able to try and take the time and figure it out as you go. Uh, just adds an extra little twist. But for the most part, you can pattern fish from lake to lake to lake. Um, if you're if you're if you like fish, fishing reeds, you're gonna you're gonna find reeds on a on a lake that you like to fish, and go fish the reeds. There'll be pike in there, there'll be walleye in there, there'll be sunfish, perch, or crappie, bass. Um, if you're more into fishing breaks and offshore weed line and stuff like that, all of our all of our lakes pretty much have all that too. So I mean, it's just a pick something close, pick something far. There's so many lakes in the area that uh, you'd be hard-pressed to fish them all, so why not try a new one from time to time? I agree with that. I think that that is something that uh, we we probably don't do enough up here. We live in this fishing lake paradise, uh, whether it's Brainerd or Bemidji or Grand Rapids or anywhere up here. And we, you know, we get kind of stuck in our groove, and we go to the lakes we're familiar with, and we are ignoring... Uh, some beautiful pieces of paradise out there. I agree 100%. You know, we kind of get, like you said, we get stuck in our routine or we get stuck in our comfort zone. We know that we can go out to this lake and go to this spot and catch some fish and have a good time. But sometimes it's not all about, you know, just going out and whacking on a bunch of fish. Sometimes it's about going out and challenging yourself just a little bit. And kind of getting into the mentality of like, well, let's see if what I've learned on this lake, my favorite lake, will apply to over here. And by goodness, or, you know, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And it gets a little frustrating. But in the grand grand scheme of things, we shouldn't get frustrated with our lack of fish catching during a day. Because look at look at where you are at that point in time in your life. You are out on the water enjoying God's nature. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree more. And, you know, there's another aspect of it that, that we can do that t- I think too few people do as well. And it's, you know, buy some waders, get on the DNR website and find out where the trout streams are and go do that. That's a whole different piece of paradise that is just, I think, ignored by way too many people, too. Absolutely. And I'm guilty of ignoring it. Uh, that, is, that, that is something that I have never done, but always thought it would be a hoot. And, you know, if you if you do it right, do a little shore lunch, make an adventure out of it, bring the kids, um, or the well-behaved ones anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and just go out and just have a great time, you know. Um, and if you don't catch anything, you're still going to see some beautiful scenery. And uh, at the end of the day, you're going to get to pick some ticks off yourself. So it's great all around. <laughs> Absolutely. That's northern <laughs> Minnesota right there. Woohoo! And how? Oh, yeah. Wait for the wait for the the mosquitoes and the <laughs> all the other flying critters. <laughs> well, Keith, what's on your agenda next? Um, next, I've got well, <clears throat> it uh, June twentieth is my next Minnesota Bass Nation tournament. That'll be on Gull Lake, so I'll probably be spending a little bit of time out there. Um, in in between that and now, um, I've got a little club tournament that I'm going to be fishing. And, uh, yeah, just uh, hanging out and actually enjoying things, trying to avoid work at all costs. And, yes, yeah, little little fun fishing and uh, just some practice fishing. So that's what we got shaken. My okay. next uh, Southern Open isn't until September. Um, and then that'll be on Lake Norman out in North Carolina. So that's another long jaunt. But uh, 
definitely looking forward to that one as well. We've discussed it to some degree, but if uh, I'm going out fishing this weekend, <clears throat> bringing kids, looking for action, what should I be fishing for? With the kids, uh, the easiest thing to do would be going after the panfish, the sunfish, the crappies, um, perch if you can find them, um, which shouldn't be too difficult because they're <laughs> around the areas too. Um, I would say definitely the, the panfish. It's just going to be constant action. Um, either you know, anchor your boat, tie it up, or power pull down in in, in the area where you see them, and it's going to be it's just going to be constant fish catching. Once you figure out what they're wanting to bite, what what, what area of the water column they're in the ones that i've been seeing lately have been in that three to five foot range in the calmer waters around some grass uh cabbage any type of vegetation or cover and but they've been they've been almost right at the surface um you know all the way down to a couple feet but uh i think they'd be easy to catch with uh with puddle jumpers or a little wax worm or something along those lines a small little pair of presentation light line a cane pole would be a hoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cane pole. Wow, that takes me back. Right? Oh. Back in the good old days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you, can, you can reach out long ways from the boat, stealth presentation. Kids can hoop and holler and run around, and the fish won't get too spooked. <laughs> Did a lot of that on Lake Mobile when I was a young lad. That's, a, that's for sure. There you go. Wow. Bringing back all kinds of fond memories. <laughs> you are. You are. Well, Keith, if people want to keep up with what you're doing on the bass circuits, is there any way they can follow you? Uh, just just with the tournament results, every once in a while I'll post something on, on uh, social media with the Facebook platform. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I just kind of fly under the radar. Um, if, if there's a, a big tournament, obviously it's been uh, posted in <laughs> newspapers and all that fun stuff. But I'll work on things. I'm going to... I should probably be the guy that's uh, like, hey, if I'm going to make a run at this professional fishing thing, I should, uh, you know, keep people in, informed or in the loop a little bit better. But, Kev, they can always hear uh, results on, on your show here, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great way to start, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I have no qualms about that at all, no. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but, but now that, you know, now you're getting all this exposure, there's going to be demand on your time. So, you know, you got to oh, be prepared for that. I'm not that big of a deal. <laughs> I'm just the guy that likes to go fishing. <laughs> oh, man, we are, we are all that. That's for sure. Well, Keith Correct. Tuma from Brainerd, uh, thanks for taking the time today, talking bass fishing and a bunch of other fishing with us. We do appreciate it, and good luck in your next tournaments. Absolutely, Clive. Once again, pleasure uh, speaking with you and being on your show. And uh, thank you to all the listeners tuning in and, uh, and hearing what we had to jabber about today. The jabbering has ended for the moment, but there will be more jabbering tomorrow. And we got another great show with Eric Osberg and Travis Peterson. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Talk to you tomorrow.